Shalom everybody. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining me. There is an incredible idea about divine providence that the previous Rebbe says. It basically goes like this, in my own words. Divine providence doesn't mean that God gives you what you need. Divine providence means God gives you what you need. Is the difference or no? People may think that divine providence is that Hashem makes sure that every creature has the bare necessities to survive, so that it can get its, so it can function. But divine providence really means that Hashem gives each person exactly what they need, because every person is different. Beryl and I are different. We have the same basic needs, but we have very different needs because, as the Gemara says, everyone is different. No two people are alike. Although Hashem made every person in the image of Adam, but every person is different, and Gemara says, in their, in their perspective, in their, in their appearance, and their voice. Everyone's different. So divine providence really means that, that God gives each person exactly what they need. And that's also very important to realize when we pray to Hashem. When we pray to Hashem, and they open the Siddur, they open the prayer book, and they're, think, they're saying words that they've said because you're supposed to say the words. And they don't really think you're able to really talk to God about your situation personally, that God's actually listening to you, that you actually have something, He's actually paying attention to you personally in every detail of your life. The beautiful teaching of the Tzemach Tzedek, at the end of the Shema, you say the words, I am Hashem, your God, I took you out of Egypt, I am Hashem, your God. Why do we say it twice? Tzemach Tzedek says, you might think there's a great God. He saves the Jewish people when there is great troubles. When there's this problem like a pharaoh, there's a Hitler, there's an Egypt, then you have to have a great God coming to save the great, all the Jewish people. But when I have one small little issue, then you think that you know, God doesn't pay attention so much. So the Torah says, I am the Lord your God took you out of Egypt, just like I took all the Jewish people out of Egypt, so do I take care of each person and, and I help each person from, with their particular issues. No, no issue is too small for Hashem to pay attention to. I want to share with you a story I heard today. We're watching an amazing share from Rabbi Shneir Ashkenazi. A lot of our classes are based upon his classes. He gives amazing classes every week. Rabbi Shneir Ashkenazi did the following story. I liked his class, but I think he, he fell short in his response to the questions, which I'll share with you soon. But here's a story he said. Unbelievable story. He said this story. He never heard anything like this in his entire life. It's really an amazing story. There was a four-year-old boy who got, unfortunately, got Yenamachla. He was very sick, leukemia, and the uh, doctors discovered that he had, in addition to, the, in addition to the, all the different treatments that he was getting for the leukemia, they discovered that he had an infection. And there was no antibiotic in the world that could really help him. And the only thing they could really do was operate, but they couldn't really operate either because, because the, the area of infected was nothing they could really do about it. So the doctors told the parents that your child has a few hours left to live. And the mother and father are talking. The father is on the way to work. He's not sure what to do. He calls the mother. And he tells the mother, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get rid of the internet from our house. We're going to take the internet out of, our, out of our house. It's not something we really need to have. I need it for work. I don't need to have it in our house. I want to tell God that we don't want this. And in that merit, God should give, send her a cure to our son. Listen to what the mother did. The mother did is like this, unbelievable. She went to the hospital. The doctors told her 
we can operate, but we could try. It's not much chance of success, but we could still try because there's no other choice. But number one, before we even try, start to operate, number one, you have to realize your son will lose his legs. Hashem, lose his legs. So the mother took her child's hand, and she said to her child, said to God, the Torah says that there are three partners in the creation of a child, a father, a mother, and God. It says, you never asked us. We're partners too. You never consulted us about whether we're ready to give up our child. I promise you, God. She told God. She spoke to God like a, a daughter to a father, not like a Jew is supposed to speak to in general, you know, not, not, not according to protocol. She spoke like a daughter to a father. You never, you never said to me, anything about taking away our child. We're partners too. I don't accept this. In fact, she told God, you want to take away my child's legs, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to be more careful about covering my legs, being more modest, and in that merit, give my child, let my child have his legs. That's what she said to God. A few hours later, miraculously, this Dr. Gurevich shows up. Dr. Gurevich has a new kind of cream that's not yet FDR or whatever it's called. FDA. FDA, thank you. Not that FDA approved. It's not. It's just a, 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 a thing that they're trying. It doesn't really work yet. Doesn't, they don't know if it works yet. And she's, and the, but the doctors are like, do whatever you want. I mean, we don't really have any other choice. And he tries it. It's successful. And the child, Baruch Hashem, recovered. Thank God. What did she do? She spoke to God like a child. They want to sit down first, please. It's hard for me to cut the shoot. Thanks. So this is connected to this holiday that's coming up. The holiday of Sukkot. There are a couple of fundamental things that are very unique about this holiday. Number one, why do we celebrate this holiday now at this time of year? The holiday of Sukkot is coming to celebrate the fact that God protected us. We were in the desert with clouds. How long did he protect us with the clouds for? For 40 years. So there's no, really, there's no real date that we have to celebrate this holiday. The Vilna Goyen says something interesting. He says that after the sin of the golden calf, the clouds went away, and then the Jewish people repented, and on Yom Kippur, God told the Jewish people to build a tabernacle, and they gathered the money for the tabernacle, and then they started building the tabernacle, and then the clouds returned on the 15th day of Sukkot. That's what the Vilna Goyen says. It's an amazing idea, but that's not the simple reason why it's a 15th day of, 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 of Tishrei. Question is, why now? Question number two. A sukkah is kosher if it has two and a half walls. Minimum. But if it's coming to commemorate the clouds that protected us in the desert, how many clouds were there? Seven. There was a cloud that surrounded them all on all sides, and there was also a cloud that went in front of them to uh, lift up the valleys and lower the mountains. So they were, we should have seven walls for our sukkah. Why do we only have two and a half? Question number three. What's the point of the holiday? What's the point? To commemorate a miracle that God protected us? He protected us in so many ways. How, why don't we make a, a, a holiday to commemorate the fact that God sent us the manna bread, the man? Why don't we have a holiday to commemorate the water that God sent us in the desert? Why only do we commemorate the, the clouds? Why is it the only thing that, we're, that we focus on? And if you think about it, what do you need more? You need more water. There's three tzaddikim, and their merit, God protected the Jewish people. Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu, Aaron, and Miriam. 
because of Moses God sent the manna bread, because of Aaron God sent the clouds, because of Miriam God sent the water. Who is the most critical over here? Who, what's the most critical need? The water? The water is most critical. Second most critical is the food. And yet we don't have, a, we don't have any holiday for the manna bread. We, we have no holiday for the water. We only have a holiday for, for the clouds. Why are we celebrating the clouds so much? What's the point? Fourth question. Usually, the Torah tells you there's a rule, and you've got to do it. Sometimes a rule is something you like. Sometimes a rule is something you just have to contend with. It's just a challenge. On Yom Kippur, let's say someone, an hour goes into the fast, or two hours, or 20 hours, goes into the, you go into the fast, and you're not in the mood of continuing to fast. It's just too hard for you, and you have a headache. Do we say that, okay, you know what, you try it, it's too hard, eat? No. You say, sorry man, you got to stick it out. By the holiday of Sukkot, there's a unique law. If you don't like it, leave. If you don't like the sukkah, if the sukkah is too hard for you, mitztare, you have pain from the sukkah, you're exempt. Why do we? Why is that a rule? It would seem that just like every other mitzvah, you got to do it as best as you can. And sometimes you like it, sometimes it's enjoyable, sometimes you're just doing it with simcha, with joy, because God told you to do it. But there's never a, a situation where you're exempt because you have pain. Where do we find such a thing? Every your middle, you have to pray the morning prayers. I'm just not in the mood today. Can I have a pass? Who, who can give us no, no, no such thing? How come I so we find this? So let's go to the first question. Why now? So we had the tour. The tour says the reason we celebrate the holiday of Sukkot now. Why now? He says because although the holidays commemorate the clouds, the protection of the clouds. However, if we would celebrate this holiday. In the summertime, no one could tell that we're really celebrating God's protection. You might think we're celebrating the fact that it's summertime. And we're going outside because it's too hot to be out. And we want to just, just get, get some air. Too hot inside, we go outside. In those days, there's no air conditioning. So, you know, what do you do when it's hot? You go outside. So the tourist says, that's why the holiday is celebrated specifically now, because it's a winter time. So now when you go outside and you go into the sukkah, it's obvious that the reason you're doing it is because God said so. That's what the Torah says. But the question about that. Think about this. The, the, the Zohar says, the Medrash says, Avram Avinu told God, my children will sin before you, what, what should they do about it? So God responded, day after day they shall seek me. Day after day. What's day after day? They should come to me on Rosh Hashanah. If they're forgiven, good. If not, I'll give them Yom Kippur. If they don't get forgiven Yom Kippur, I'll give them a third opportunity. What's the third opportunity? Huh? Sukkot? Which day of Sukkot? Hashan Rab. Hashan Rab is a third opportunity to get forgiven. The Sefer Tadav El Yom is a, a, a beautiful parable to explain this based on the Medrash. He says, a king had someone he trusted like his own son. And he appointed this person to manage the king's kingdom. And this person rebelled against the king. And the king was upset at him. The king wanted to punish him. So the king writes a royal edict. This person has to be hung. But the king doesn't want to really hang him. So he holds on to this the edict. He doesn't really send out the edict yet. Days pass. Ten days pass. Okay. He seals the edict. The man has to be hung. And then the king's like, you know what? Hold on a second. Wait, wait. Don't, don't, don't hang him yet. Let me, let, let, let's see what happens. Then the king's officers finally are sent after uh, many more days. The king's officers come out 
and they go to hang him. But they come to the man to hang him, and the guy is holding on to the king's rules, the king's law, and he's dancing with the king's with the book of laws of the king. So they, they're so impressed by this. They say, Your Majesty, go back to the king. This is a different guy. This is not the guy who rebelled against you. This guy is dancing, he's celebrating your laws. You cannot punish this guy. It's a different guy. The guy you want to punish is not here, it's somebody else. So the king hears this and the king says, Okay, no problem. I, I said that he should be killed, this is somebody else. And he, he's not he should not be killed. Similarly, there's a judgment Rosh Hashanah. It's sealed in Yom Kippur. And when it finally gets sealed, and when it comes out on, on the day of Hishan the Rabbah, and Shemini Atzeres, the Zohar says, and on Shemini Atzeres, we're dancing with the Torah, so that, that sweetens whatever judgment there was. Amazing thing. There's three parshas read at this time of year. Nitzavim has 30 psukim. Vayelech has 40. And Hazinu has? 50. 52. 52. So these three parshias, these three numbers, correspond to the three kinds of judgment. During the month of El, it says Sadiqim are judged. Sadiqim are judged in the month of El, they get sealed for good. Parshin itself, and 30 psukim. Those who are in, the, in between, they get sealed in Yom Kippur, 40 psukim. And those who are still waiting to, for the last moment, they got sealed on Hishan Rabbah, the 52nd day since the first of Elul, when, they, when the judgment can still be sweetened until Hishan Rabbah. But the question is like this. Why is it in the time of celebration? Yom Kippur is a serious day. On Yom Kippur, the Chazan talks about who will live and who will die, and people are crying and in tears there. And, there, and, and yet, after Yom Kippur, it's a Yantif. Why is it Yantif? The Yantif should be when the judgment is done. How come all of a sudden changes into a Yantif now? Why shouldn't it become a Yantif when the final day of judgment is done? Why is it a Yantif now before the final day of judgment is done? Why now? Why Sukkot now? So, to understand this, let's, let's go to the next question. We asked the question before, how come we said that a person who has pain is exempt from sukkah. Why do you have pain you're exempt from sukkah? So, the celebration of sukkah is, is a very unique celebration. I think we discussed this last year too. Celebration of sukkah is actually not because God saved us. It's not because something critical happened. The reason we're celebrating sukkah is, is because God gave us comfort. The sukkah wasn't meant to... The, the clouds weren't just meant to save our lives... The clouds were meant to protect us from the sun. So we should be hot in the desert. So it's not something that you needed to have. It's something that God just gave us to have comfort. It's something to show God's love for us. That's why that Rizal says there's three walls, there's two and a half walls of the sukkah. Why two and a half walls? The two and a half walls are like the two and a half joints of the arm. There's the first joint of the arm, from the shoulder to the elbow, and the elbow to the wrist, and there's the hand. So it's like a hug. It comes from God. That's what the sukkah is about. God's showing His love for us and saying, I'm not just taking care of you, Yossi Gottlieb, and giving you the bare minimum. I'm giving you a hug. I want you to have good. I want you to be happy. By the way, Hasidus Avram, Hasidus says that that's why it's a hug, specifically, not a kiss. Why a hug? What's the idea of a hug? When you hug someone, they have no choice but to be hugged. When you hug someone, when you hug someone you're holding on to them. They can't turn away. What's that? When you hug someone, you hold them from the back. 
You don't hold them from the from their face. You hold them. You hold their back to hug them. What what does this mean? There's a time a Jew faces God. When you dive in, you face God. You want to you face God. That's the time you focus on your own things. You go into your own things. You turn away from God. So during the whole year, that's not a mitzvah. You're doing your own things. You could do them for the sake of God. You could not. It's up to you. But God tells you on Sukkot, you're going to do your own things. You're Israelic. Hashem says to you, I'm going to bring this to me and it's going to turn into a mitzvah. You're going to eat because you want to eat. You're going to drink because you want to drink. But Hashem says, no, I'm bringing this to me. This, this is a mitzvah. That's it. If he's calling you from your back and he's bringing you to him, even though you think you're turning away, you're doing your own thing, Hashem says, no, I'm holding on to you. I'm not letting go. And that empowers us. The seven days of Sukkot corresponding to the seven days of the week. That helps us to the whole year that whatever we do should be for the sake of Hashem also. So, so, so the holiday of Sukkot is a holiday of Hashem's love. Showing not to Hashem, not, it's specifically not the holiday celebrating the water or the, or the bread. It's celebrating the air conditioning. It's celebrating how Hashem took care of us even though we didn't need it. It was just extra, just to show that He cares for us in a personal, individual way. Okay, let's go back to our question now. question is, how come they say a story about a guy who was a teacher and he was also a father and one of his kids is in his class so he told his kids Yisraelik in the class I am called Mr. Goldberg I'm not Tati I'm not dad I'm not father I'm Mr. Goldberg you understand the class is class home is home so one day Yisraelik doesn't feel good he says dad can you please tell Mr. Goldberg that I'm not feeling well because <laughs> I, I want to get so similarly Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is a time of judgment that's true yes it's with love but it's a time of judgment and then the Pasuk says, his left hand is under my head, his right hand hugs me. The Jewish people, our calendar corresponds to the moon. When the moon is full, there's a full light of the Jewish people. So it's true that there's a time of the left hand, time of Hashem's judgment, but when we get closer to the middle of the month, the 15th of the month, when there's a full light of the Jewish people, so then we see God's love for us. Yes, it's, it's the middle of the judgment, but it's a, it's a different kind of judgment already. The, the Gemara says the Jewish people come out on, on Sukkot, the Luv and Esrik, and we know they were victorious in judgment. We know that they, we could see the full light of the Jewish people is there. There's a revelation of our light. So there is a time when we are HaMelech HaKadosh, HaMelech HaMishpat, there's a time of judgment. Then there's a time when Hashem's right hand embraces us, and even though their judgment isn't officially finished yet, we're already celebrating because we're with our Father. It's a different, it's a different kind of thing. It's, not, it's no longer an experience of Malkeno. Now we're experiencing Avino. And that's why... So that answers all of our questions. Number one, why is it now? Because now is the time of Hashem's right hand. Now is the time of Hashem's love. We explained why, if you're, you're paying your exempt from sukkah, of course you're exempt from sukkah. Because the whole point of sukkah is to show you that God is taking care of you. And that, you, and that He takes care of you and He takes away your pain. So if you have pain, so you're exempt. And that explains why the purpose of the holiday, to show us how God's love for us is in a way that He takes care of the details of our life, even those things that seem to be extra, not so important. And it also explains um, why the sukkah has three, two and a half walls, because the, sukkah is, the essence of a sukkah is God's hug for us. And that's what I want to share today. Um, any questions, comments, criticism, tomatoes, cucumbers,